All right, Psalms chapter number one, Psalms chapter number one, uh, thank you for the song, uh, Psalms chapter number one, and I enjoyed that special, uh, Sarah did a good job, and so I appreciate uh, their, their, their work in getting that uh, prepared, and uh, you did good too, Diamani. all right, Psalms chapter number one, I'm going to read the uh, entire chapter again uh, this evening, and uh, then we'll get into verse number two. I was excited when the day started, and we're going to get through verse two and three tonight, and so we're going to get through verse two. Uh, so uh, the Bible is is just, I, I love studying the Word of God, and uh, Psalms 1 um, is one of the first passages uh, matter of fact, when I graduated, why I remember this, I don't know, but when I graduated from kindergarten, K-5, uh, I quoted Psalms chapter 1. That was my part of the kindergarten program. Are you impressed? And uh, I wanted to do Psalms 119. I had it memorized, but my teacher said that would take too long. But uh, Psalms chapter number 1, let's read the entire chapter. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Last week, we looked through uh, verse number one. Uh, tonight, we're going to spend our time in verse number two. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. As I, I mentioned last week, and I'll remind you, we're going to go through Psalm 1 a little bit differently than we did Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter 12, uh, there, were, there were little miniature Bible studies series, if you will, in the, in the, the chapter. Uh, but Psalms chapter 1, uh, we're just going to go point one, point two, point three, And last week we went through point number 1. And tonight we're going to get through point number 2. And tonight I want to teach on the delight of the blessed man. The delight of the blessed man. Father, I pray that you'll help us as we look into the Word of God Father, we need the scriptures. Uh, we need you to teach us. We need to understand that uh, you've given us the word of God to mold us and to strengthen us and to guide us and to build us. And there are some very, very important key principles in this verse of scripture tonight. Uh, may we grab a hold of them. Uh, they're life-changing. Uh, may we, we grasp them and uh, endeavor to live them. Uh, bless our remaining time, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We talk about the delight, but his delight. Uh, talk about the delight of the blessed man. And I, I'll review very quickly since we're talking of the blessed man. We see blessed is the man in verse number one. Uh, and then we went into and we taught several things, and I'll not teach those again this evening. Uh, but we want to remind ourselves of what the blessed man is. And, and let me remind you, by way of introduction tonight, that's the goal. Uh, I want to be blessed by God. Uh, I want to be blessed by God more than I want to be popular in this world, uh, more than I want to attain in this world, 
Um, some things, sometimes we as Christians, we, we try to achieve things that aren't even sinful things, aren't wrong things, but they, they pale in comparison to what we ought to be shooting for, and that's to be blessed by God. Because if we are blessed by God, we have everything we need. Uh, we don't need anything else. And so we see that that ought to be the goal for every Christian in this room. I, I want to be, see, sometimes we look at the, this, this world and, and we look at things, how things go for us, good and bad, and we say, well, I just don't, I, I'm just missing, oh, you're not, if you're blessed, you can say, I, I'm, I'm, the Lord has blessed me uh, and God is blessing me. That is the goal. Uh, keep that as the goal. And parents, let me interject this in. Make, teach your children that's the goal. Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting good grades. I hear that's pretty neat, you know. Uh, I, I'm forgetting good grades. I'm for uh, if the Lord blesses you and gives you opportunity and to, to achieve and do. I, I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, but we want to teach our children that the, the ultimate goal is just to say, I am blessed by my God. That's the goal. Uh, the, the word blessed means to be happy. Enjoying spiritual happiness and the favor of God. To have God's favor. Well, you study the scripture, and, and, and it doesn't take long to, to look at the course of many Bible characters' lives and just know that they had, to, for some reason, they had the favor of God. You ever know anybody that, for just for some reason, God smiled on them? They had his favor. That's, that's blessed. That's being blessed. So that's, that's the goal, uh, is to, uh, that's where happiness really is, enjoying spiritual happiness. Uh, so many times we get our, our goal out of, out of focus because uh, we look at this external happiness that we get from the things, the pleasures of this world. If I have a certain amount of things, that brings happiness. If I get to do a certain amount of things, that brings happiness. Well, as soon as that, those things you have are gone, then there goes your happiness. Uh, so it's not that we, that's external. There's a difference in that in spiritual happiness, and that's being blessed. Blessed is the man. That's the goal. Then I mentioned by way of introduction last week, the possibility. Uh, if that's the goal and we couldn't all reach it, that'd be kind of cruel, wouldn't it? But the possibility is that we all can achieve that uh, because it is a general application. Blessed is the man. The man can be anybody. Uh, the man can be rich, the man can be poor, the man can be, uh, you just fill in all of the qualifiers there, and we all fit into that. Uh, that's the goal, but it can be achieved. Uh, you know, we know this, and we taught a little bit on it through Romans chapter 12. We all have different talents and abilities, don't we? Uh, some people have talents that others do not have, uh, and vice versa. God has distributed different talents and if we look at it, to go back to Romans 12, uh, it's not about what talent we have. It's like, what can I do in the church? That, that's, that's the focus. But, but what I'm, what the point I'm making tonight is, uh, no matter what your talent is, you can still be blessed. Your talent or your lack of talent, your opportunity or your lack of opportunity has no bearing on what the goal should be. It has no bearing on what the possibility is. And the goal is to say, I've been blessed by God. The possibility is to be able to say, uh, blessed is the man. So automatically, that should get our attention. That I can fit into that. So to remind us of this blessed man. But tonight we're talking of the delight of the blessed man. Verse number two, but his delight. That word delight means high degree of pleasure. Um, it's not just a, oh, it's okay. You know, it's like, no, that's, that, that's all right. You know, you, 
you, you know, you, 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 you eat, you, you, can eat, you can be hungry and you can eat something. Well, that's okay. But if you're hungry and you go to Taco Bell, <laughs> that's delight right there. That's the best. Delight. Now you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now the word delight is a high degree of pleasure uh, or satisfaction of mind. How many times do we as Christians, that the, the, the carnal side of us, the fleshly side of us, we want the delight in what our senses uh, can take pleasure in. But the delight that is talked about here is a, is a delight, a satisfaction of mind. It brings that high degree of pleasure, it's joy. The happiness that we describe from a worldly perspective is external. That joy is an internal thing that comes out through the joy, meaning you don't have to have all of the qualifiers that we like to put on being happy. You can still have joy. You can still have satisfaction of mind. That's what we see. Who's it talking about? But his delight, the blessed man's delight, the delight of the blessed man, his uh, satisfaction of mind, his joy is in the law of the Lord. Now, we're going to get into the teaching tonight, and it is going to go contrary to what the natural man would say. It's going to go contrary to what the casual Christian would say. It's going to go contrary to what the observer, of, from, from a distance, the observer of the Bible, the observer of, of spiritual things, is going to think and going to believe. He says his delight, who are we talking about? We're not talking about just any man. We're talking about the blessed man. The goal, what you and I want to be. We want to be blessed. Uh, we want to have the favor of God. That individual has the favor of God. Uh, we, we saw in verse number one, there's some things that progression, you remember that, that we stay away from? So if I'm going to be that blessed man, I'm going to have the favor of God. I got my delight. What is my delight? What is my high degree of pleasure? It's the law of the war, law of the Lord. Now, to the critic of spiritual things, that just that just that goes against it. To somebody who's a new Christian and just growing, uh, that that doesn't seem because while we're used to satisfying uh, our our flesh, we're used to satisfying our carnal side. But the law of the Lord, let me give it a definition very quickly. The law of the Lord is instruction. But it's not just any instruction. It's His instruction. Uh, The law of the Lord are commands. Uh, it would be a great day in, in, the, in the life of Christians if they, if they were reminded, we remembered, that what Scripture says is not an option. They are commands by our Creator. They're a command. Simply put, it's the Word of God. And so uh, the blessed individual takes delight, is satisfied, is satisfied. Young people, is satisfied with the law of the Lord. That's where we get our joy. I'm going to get ahead of myself, but oh, those Christians, those Baptists, oh, they, they do it this way, this way, this way, and this way, and, 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 and they, there's some kind of control over them. You ever think that we might just like being us? I might just like going to church three times a week. And here's one. I might just like putting something in the offering plate. 
You say, I, I, don't, I, I don't understand that. I may, I may like, not using the language, some of the language. I may, I may like, look at, it, it's a cult. They, but what they don't understand is for the blessed man gets his delight in different ways than the carnal man. Because what is blessed? Favor of God. And so if we have established in verse number 1 the things in the people we're staying away from. I should say it correctly. It's people. Types of people we stay away from. Then I can have the favor of God. And then I can take my delight in the word of God. I can get my satisfaction from his commands. I can get my joy from obeying his instructions. Uh, Let me make several statements here along this line. The blessed man finds pleasure and joy in keeping the commands of God. The blessed man finds, and I've already alluded to it, man, where does it have to get happened? What does God say? Oh, this is awesome. Guess what I gave up this week, Pastor? And I'm so excited about it. There's somebody discovering that, I, that they're receiving the blessings of God. I want to have the favor of God. And the more that I find myself in the favor of God, the more delight I find in keeping the commands of God. It's a great day in the life of a Christian when you look at the Word of God as not something you have to do, but it's something you want to do. And I'm, and I'm going to tie this in at the end. You have to refer back to verse number 1, and there's some things you have to stay away from in order to be able to approach it this way. So the blessed man finds pleasures and joy in keeping the commands of God. The next statement, instead of seeking satisfaction from the ungodly, that we saw in verse number 1, instead of seeking satisfaction from the ungodly, from sinners and scorners, the blessed man gains satisfaction from doing the will of God. Don't miss this Christian. You've got to get away from pleasing and listening to people and be content with doing what makes God happy. That's what's being talked about here. It's the, what what does everybody, it doesn't matter. See, instead of seeking satisfaction from uh, those that walk in the counsel of the ungodly, they're standing in the way of sinners. Those sinners are ones who embrace the sinful lifestyle. They, they do their sin and they like it and they're not giving it up. They don't care what God says. They don't care what the Bible says. Instead of worrying about what they think, I don't understand. I don't understand that. Instead of worrying about what they think, well, they're going to make fun of me. You better be content with doing the will of God. That's where we're supposed. That's where the blessed man who lives in the favor of God gets their joy in doing what God has said. Uh, I believe this makes sense this evening. Now let me make this next statement: avoiding the progression in verse one is the key. You remember last Wednesday, the progression that we had to stay away from. Very quickly, I'll refresh your memory. A man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That's where you start. You let the philosophy counsel you. That word counsel means I'm going to give you some information. I'm going to give you some direction with intent. Intent for you to put it into practice. Intent for you. Well, they're just giving their opinion. There's a reason why this world gives their opinion. There's a reason why those outside the will of God give their opinion. It's not just so you're informed. 
of what they believe. They give it to shape your opinion. They give it to shape your action. That's why it says if you're going to be blessed, you can't even listen to their counsel. Say, so don't you want to hear the other side? Why? God has spoken, so what does the others, what does it matter? What anybody else's opinion is? Well, you won't debate. No, I'm not going to debate. There's nothing to debate. When God states something, it's settled. I don't need to get anybody else's opinion on it. I don't need to, and this would be good for all of us. Well, I just want to hear where they had. No, why? That's the progression. It starts with the counsel of the ungodly, the philosophy that does not come from Scripture. If it does not come from God, it is ungodly. Well, it's not as bad. Let's take the Bible definitions, Bible words. I'm getting stuck here. If it's not of God, it's ungodly. It's, it's a simple definition. So if we get an ungodly counsel, if it's not from Scripture, it's ungodly. That's where it starts. Then the progression goes, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Those ones that embrace a sinful lifestyle, they know their lifestyle is wrong, and they don't care. They are embracing it. They're not ashamed of it. They're not going to hide it. This is their way. And then we go from receiving the counsel to, to, to being comfortable in that setting. Comfortable in that crowd. And then we progress from there to sitteth in the seat of the scornful on that platform that mocks and makes fun of the things of God. Now, we have got to avoid that progression. Because a blessed man finds joy in doing right. So, what's the goal, ladies and gentlemen? To be blessed, right? To live in the favor of God. That's something that everyone can achieve. It's possible. In order to do it, I've got to avoid the progression in verse number 1 because verse number 2 tells me, that in order to be blessed, to have that favor, I'm going to have to avoid that because my joy is going to come in doing, what right, doing what's right. Uh, to the teenagers behind me, the young people in the building, you listen to your parents when they say, just do right and you'll be happy. I need more than that. No, you don't. The Bible says a blessed man, they find joy in obeying the commands of God. Okay, everybody else, listen to your pastor tonight. Just do what is right, and you'll find joy. Just do the right thing, and you'll find that spiritual satisfaction. I don't understand how that works. We don't have to understand how it works. Just like with tithing. Well, on paper, it's not going to work, but, but God just says do it, and he'll make it. He'll, he's a better accountant than your CPA because he, he, has, it, he has it all as his access. I don't have to understand it. I just have to do it. And all of us, if we could get this in our head, I want to be blessed. I want to be in the favor of God. And verse number one tells me I can be in his favor only if I avoid, and I've mentioned him again tonight. So uh, with, with, the, with the loophole Christianity that's so prevalent today, well, give me a chapter and a verse. Well, I think we could probably fit most everything in verse number one. Is it counsel from God or not? So if I'm going to be... So this is why so many Christians... I'm trying to help you tonight. 
This is why so many Christians do not live in the favor of God. It's because they're getting their counsel from other places. It's because they're comfortable in a surrounding with the sinners. You know the context of that word is those that embrace the sin. Then they find that progression takes them to that platform of scorning. Uh, you have to stay away from that to have the favor. And so if you don't have God's favor, we could sum it up to probably one of those three areas. So a blessed man, once we avoid that, it means we're getting our counsel from where? God. It means we're where we're supposed to be. We're going to find that joy is in doing right. If I've already, I've already said this another way, but I'll read it the way I have written here. If you find no joy in doing what pleases God, you need to consider your counsel, evaluate your environment, and reconsider whose platform you occupy. Let me say it again. If you find no joy in doing what pleases God, you need to consider your counsel, evaluate your environment, and reconsider whose platform you occupy. It's plain and simple. Well, I just, I just, I, I'm doing everything. I'm in church all the time, and, and I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, and I'm just not happy. I can tell you what the problem is. It's your counsel. It's your environment. It's your platform. Somebody's talking to you. Somebody's telling you there's more out there. Somebody's telling you that, oh, that, that kind of a church is a thing of the past. Somebody's telling you that you don't have to listen to the Word of God. Somebody's telling you that. It's either somebody you work with, it's a family member, it's somebody on that television, it's somebody that wrote a book. Somebody is counseling you differently. Otherwise, we would find joy. So if you're not finding joy... You know, we want to make all these excuses for people who have left the church. I'm not talking about necessarily the Emmanuel Baptist Church, but just left God's church. They've left the truth of Scripture. And, oh, it was too hard, and it was too this, and it was too that. My Bible tells me, great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. My Bible tells me that I will be blessed in the delight of the blessed man. It's black and white. It's scripture. It's not complicated. The delight of the blessed man, the, the, that's, that, that, that deep satisfaction, that joy comes from doing the commands of God. So if, if I understand my Bible correctly, and I think in this case I certainly do, my joy comes from doing the commands of God, you can't affect that. Unless I'm letting the wrong people give me counsel. Unless I like being in the place where those that embrace a sinful lifestyle. It's making sense tonight? So if you find no joy in doing what pleases, go, well, I've just lost my joy. Well, the, the, refer back to verse number one. Consider your counsel. This will help you. Uh, evaluate your environment and reconsider whose platform you occupy. Uh, because if, if you and I don't find joy in obeying the commands of God, that's a problem with us. It's not the, a problem with the commands of God. It's not a problem with anybody else. Okay? Everybody got it? We good? Making sense? Don't miss this. Here's the key. We've talked about 
Verse number one, that progression we need to avoid in order to have the favor of God. Everybody with me? You need me to go through it one more time or we got it? All right, we got it. But his delight, the delight of the blessed man, the delight of the person living in the favor of God. We talked about the law of the Lord. Those are the instructions. Those are the commandments. So I, as a blessed man, will find joy, will find deep satisfaction in doing the law of the Lord. But here's the key. Look in your Bible, verse number 2. It's two little words. But his delight is in. That's the key. See, the Bible tells us where to find the joy of the blessed man. Why is he so happy? Why is she so happy? The key is the delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, let me make this statement. Listen very carefully. Obedience to God brings the joy of the creation being in tune with the Creator. Obedience to God brings the joy of fellowship between God and man. Obedience to God brings the joy of the relationship between Savior and sinner. The only way for man to not be in conflict with his God, is to be obedient to Him. You know why so many Christians have no joy? Because they're not obedient to the Creator. You know why a lost man tries to find joy in this, and joy in this, and joy in this, then they jump to this, and jump to that, and try and find that joy? Is because until they trust Christ as their Savior, they cannot be in a relationship with their God. And there is something inside of the creation that says, I need to reconcile with the Creator. Even if they don't know Jehovah God is the Creator. That's why you can go to some of the darkest places of the world and they're trying to, 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 to get the sun in tune with them. They're trying to get the moon in tune with them. They're trying to get something because there's something inside of every man that says something has created me and I've got to be in the proper relationship with my Creator. So the key is, well, I just want to be blessed. It's more than a hashtag There's a lot of people talking about how they're blessed, and according to Bible words and Bible definitions, they don't, they, don't, they don't have any understanding of it. Because we as Christians make the mistake of putting everything on the external, everything, and we fail to see that God has made it so easy. God has made it so simple just to do what He said, just to obey the instruction, to His delight. Young people, don't ever forget this. The only happiness in this world is in the law of the Lord. That's why you can get out of a relationship with God. You can, you can get sideways with God. And you can leave a church like ours and go to one that, that, is, that, that will let you do anything you want to do. You won't find happiness there. Because the Bible says you'll find it. I talked not too long ago to a couple who 
They, 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 they got away from God years ago, and they left, and they're, and they're trying to get everything back the way they ought to be, and, and they want to talk to me and make things right with me, and I was glad to do so. And, 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 and so we talked for a while, and both of them made the statement, the happiest we ever were was when we were members serving at the Emmanuel Baptist Church in the confines of Scripture. See, the devil has convinced man that the further they get outside of the law of God, the happier they are. It's as simple as going back to the, to the Garden of Eden. When did Adam and Eve's problems start? I mean, it was, it, it was paradise. No mother-in-law. <laughs> paradise. Say, so how do you know they didn't have a mother? There was no sin there. So no, it was paradise. When did all the trouble start for man? When they got outside of the law of God. As long as they obeyed what God said. God said we could do everything but that. And they were happy, they were joyous, but the devil convinced them, oh, you'll only find true happiness until you do everything that you want to do. Too many Christians are living this way. The key... Do you want to be happy? Do you want to have that true joy? Do you want to be satisfied? There, 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 there's some, I would even dare say, in, in, in the congregation tonight, you, you, you have this inner battle going on. And there's a lot of scripture I could throw at you. Double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You have this inner battle that goes on, and what it is is the only way that you can be in tune with your God is to obey him, but your flesh isn't wanting to obey him. Uh, truth of the matter is, if we all are approaching this right, the pastor should never have to get up here and say, okay, I'm drawing some lines tonight. Because the Bible's already drawn them. We ought to be seeking that. I want to be blessed. I want to live in the favor of God. The key is that the blessings of God is in the law of the Lord. Freedom from God's law does not bring happiness. It does not bring joy. It brings misery. It brings bondage. Slavery. Because obedience to God brings the joy of the Creator being in tune with the creation. Fellowship between God and man. Relationship between Savior and sinner. When the relationship is right, is the only time man is at, at peace and experiences true joy. Remember the joy of your salvation. What does that mean? It means remember how you felt when you got saved. The joy. There's a lot of applications there. Your burden is rolled away. But it was that moment. It was that moment when you first experienced the joy of a reconciliation with a holy God. You can't explain that. Remember the joy of your salvation. Oh, it was, remember, remember what it felt like? You couldn't even describe it. And in some cases, you cried. You, you, why you cry? I don't know. It just, it just, it just, well, what is it? It's that, it's that moment when you have a personal relationship 
with the perfect Son of God. That brings joy. What does the preacher mean when he says, Christian, have you lost your joy? What is that? Have you gotten outside the commands of Scripture? Have you gotten outside the instruction of God? That's how you lose your joy. The happiest people tonight, the most joyful people, the most satisfied people tonight are the ones that live their life. I'm pleasing God today. I'm going to stay in the boundaries of Scripture. I'm not going outside. Boy, if we could grasp this. Now, I've got to hasten. Now you know why we're getting stuck in verse number 2 and not verse 3 tonight as well. That would be enough for us to grasp tonight. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. The key is in the law. That's where we find our joy and happiness. There's satisfaction, before I move on, there's satisfaction there. Because when, you, when your goal is to just be in God's favor, how can you get above that? It's when we get outside of Scripture, we try, well, I've got to find this, and I've got to find this, and I've got to find this. There's satisfaction there. Now, you'd, be, you'd, be satisfaction, you'd be satisfied with your, your wife. You'd be satisfied with your husband. You'd be satisfied with your church. You'd be satisfied with your pastor. You'd be satisfied with a lot of things if you just get the right relationship following the Word of God. And in His law, look at it, verse 2. And in His law doth He meditate day and night. Scripture says, you know, here's this blessed man. He's avoiding this progression. His delight, his deep satisfaction, his joy is in the instruction of God, the, the, the commands of God, in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Meditate means to dwell on anything in thought. To study, to turn or revolve a subject in the mind. That's to meditate, that, 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 that thought on a particular subject. Don't you find it interesting that the blessed man, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. It occupies his mind. It occupies his thoughts. He dwells on it. The definition to study or to turn or revolve a subject in the mind. See, once you realize the joy of obedience to God, God's laws, well, you're, it possesses your thoughts. It possesses your mind. Because you've experienced such peace, you experience such joy in the boundaries of God's command that you begin to think, and what other ways can I please my God? It can sometimes say, well, that person really got it. What, what is it? They've discovered, oh, this joy of my salvation, this joy of serving God, this peace that comes. And, and, and I've, got, I've, I've got to learn more. But it's usually the new Christian that they get saved right before revival and you have preaching every night and they're just like, this is awesome, this is awesome. Can we do it again next week? Can we do it again next week? Why? Because they're discovering. Oh, this is wonderful. Oh, 
I've been, I've been reined in by the commands of God. And I'm going to be very careful. Pastor, what should I do now? This is what you do. Okay, that makes no sense to me, but I'm going to do it. It didn't have to, again, it doesn't have to make sense to you. Just God say, do it. And we discover our joy there. Some of you would read your Bible more if you just determined that, you know, I'm going to find my joy and my satisfaction in doing what God says. Well, you could never do everything in that book. Well, how about we try with what we do know? Let's start there. You know, we say terms like, oh, we fall in love with God all over again. You cannot do it without obeying Him. This, this is, this is, there's the terminology and the philosophy of the world, the religious world today in Scripture, does it line up just, just like it's never lined up? Well, I, 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 don't have to, I don't have to do, I don't have to be in church, and I don't have to do this and this to love Lord. That's not what my Bible says. I'm not being unkind, I'm just being scriptural tonight. See, but Pastor, why, why would a pastor, a Bible-preaching, Bible-believing, Bible-preaching pastor hold such hard lines and preach some of the things that he preaches and, and take some of the stands that he takes at the, at the risk of offending somebody because the Bible says the only true joy is in his commandments, is to obey. So when one of God's sheep begin to wander on, it's the responsibility of the under-shepherd to say, hey... You're not going to find happiness out there. You're not going to find joy out there. You better get inside the laws. You better get inside the scripture. Well, we're all of grace. and You don't even know what that word means. Okay. I'm almost done. To finish, let's compare verse number one and verse number two. He starts with the counsel of the ungodly. You remember last week when I woke Brother French up and had him come up here? <laughs> the counsel of the ungodly. Then you move, you're standing, now you're hanging out, you're loitering. That means to loiter where the sinners are. Well, the Bible doesn't say that a Christian shouldn't, oh, I get so sick of hearing that. Open your Bible, turn to Psalm chapter number 1. It says, don't hang out where those that have embraced a sinful lifestyle are hanging out. Well, this isn't a sin. Well, are there people who have embraced a wicked lifestyle hanging out there? I'm not... You know, this is a a side note. This is an interjection here. But the Bible warns more about people than it does about things. Read the book of Proverbs. In the book of Proverbs, if you'll just look at every label that the book of Proverbs and then start looking through those lens, that's a fool, that's a simple person, that's a wise person, that's a scorner. It would help you deal with people. The Bible teaches how to interact with people. So I'm supposed to stay away from where, I'm not supposed to loiter with those that have embraced that lifestyle. Or that's going to progress me to now, and that's how I illustrated last week, those that they begin listening either to another person, somebody they work with, a philosophy of this world that they get through Hollywood or through social media or some book or whatever, but it's just it's ungodly because it's not of God. And then they begin to listen to that and get counsel, and it begins to change their thinking on some things. And then they say, well, I'm just going to... Those who embrace that lifestyle aren't so bad. 
I, I, I would never do what they do. I'm just going to hang out where they hang out. You know, when I, I know Pastor gets up there and preaches, and my parents got up there, and, but they're not as bad as they make them out to be. And before long, you're not hanging out. You're not just loitering. You're participating. Listen to me, young people. You will not be the first one. You'll not be the first one that can be able to loiter and not participate. Then you end up, you know who the biggest scorners, you know who the, big, the ones who throw the most rocks at where we stand are those that used to stand among us. It's not because we, we were wrong. It's not because the Bible is wrong. It's not because it's, it's outdated. It's because they start over here and they get the counsel. Now they're loitering out and now they embrace. And the Holy Spirit of God convicts them. They've got to go one or two ways. They've got to leave now and go back. Or they've got to go that next step and embrace and scorn everything they once were. Or they have to admit that they're wrong. And they're not going to do that. That's the progression in verse number one. Everybody with me? Notice verse number two. Obedience brings delight. Remember last week I said this is the negative and the night's the positive. Obey and we have delight. We have that deep satisfaction. We have that joy. We, we, we begin to meditate it. We, then we begin to meditate on, man, this guy isn't God good. Man, that... That Bible study tonight was, that was, was awesome. It's not because, well, it is pretty awesome. No, it's not because, it's because you see the Holy Spirit is saying, do this, do this, do this. I mean, I can't wait to put this into practice. Well, what is it? Then you begin, I want to do more. So as a blessed man, as one that lives in the favor, it's obedience brings more favor. And the more favor I get, the more I want to obey. And the more I obey, the more favor I get. And then I've got time that I've served God. I look back and say, look how good God has been. I want to serve Him. I want to, I want to, I'm, I want, oh, I'm going to meditate on this. And oh, oh, God has just given me. And then before long, you go from taking something that I said from behind the pulpit, a verse that I preach on, you're grabbing one out of your Bible reading and you're pondering it all day long. And it goes from, boy, wasn't what Pastor said, wasn't that good? It goes to, I was reading my Bible this morning and God gave me something out of there. I'm thinking on that. And you get, you get more favor and more favor and you have a stronger desire and a stronger desire. That's the way it should be. What in the world messes that up? Verse 1. It's counsel. It's the way. It's the seat. That is the only thing. Does God all of a sudden not, is he, is he not good now? Is the Bible not enough now? Is the truth not sustaining now? Does the Holy Spirit all of a sudden not have a voice does the Holy Spirit all of a sudden lost his way? So what changed, Christian, when you discovered the joy of your salvation? 
I am reconciled to my Creator. I have a personal relationship with my God. And you grow. And oh, I'm, I'm blessed. I, I, want, I want to do more. And you find yourself, you, you, you give up things. Because you discover in Scripture in order to please God, there's just, there's just things. I, 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 a Christian ought to stay away from those things. Or there's weights that I can put down so I can run my race better. And oh, you're, you're discovering it. Don't you, now you're meditating on it. Oh, I can't, I can't wait to serve God. I can't wait to do more for Him. Can you believe that revival is coming up? It's so far away. I can't, what messes that up? You get counsel from an ungodly source. And it puts a halt and now you're listening to the counsel of the ungodly instead of the voice of the Spirit of God. The counsel of the ungodly is never going to tell you to obey Scripture. Never. Todd, come here. Please don't trip on the way down here. How old are you? 15. You sure? Okay. Todd was born here. Not like here, but <laughs> he's grown up in our church. His mom grew up in the church. Uh, uh, his grandparents, both sets of grandparents have been here for, forever. He, this is all he has ever known. Um, so he's ex from, from nursery uh, through all the departments, now in the teen department. He has been taught since as far back as he can remember, like two weeks ago. I think it's about far back as he can remember. He has been taught his whole life the commands of God. His parents have taught him. His grandparents have set the example. His pastor has preached it. His Sunday school teachers have taught it. His Christian school teachers, I don't know what they do, but everybody, everybody is taught and enforced, obey God, obey God, obey God, obey God. He's 15 years of age. He doesn't know what's out there. All he knows is obey God, obey God, obey God. He does not understand every reason why God has put in this book what he's put in there. And if Todd is like the typical teenager, I'm not so sure he is, but if he's like the typical teenager, he gets tired of hearing authority say, because I said so. Is that true, Todd? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm, yeah, okay. All right, that's true. We have him on the record. I'm sure there'll be a discussion about that on the way home. All right, he, he gets tired. Okay. Christian, we're no different. Sometimes God says do, and he doesn't give us an explanation. I'm God. Do it. What are we supposed to do? Do it. You know what, you know what happens? We find joy. We find happiness. This is all he's ever known. And the older he gets, and the more that he stays in the boundaries of Scripture, the more he's going to discover joy. There's joy in serving God. He hears that now as a teenager, but let him get to be a young adult, and if he's obeying Scripture, he's going to say, 
Ah, that is joyful. What, the way Scripture, God has a plan and the way it should be, we're going to let this be your life. It's not very long, but we're going to enjoy it while we... And so as he gets older and he grows, he's taught, obey God, obey God. This is what the Scripture says. The Scripture says, so what should be happening? Verse 2, he should be discovering more joy, more joy, more joy. And the older he gets, he should be thinking, what more can I do for God? What more can I do for God? All of a sudden at 18, you shouldn't say, what, what less can I do for God? Can I take back the commitments I made to God? That, that should not be the way it should be. And he shouldn't have parents to say that to him. He shouldn't have a pastor that says that to him. He shouldn't have any other spiritual authority that says that to him. So what more can he do for God? So if he stays in verse number 2, Todd is going to live a favored life. Because God says he would. But what's going to derail? There's only one thing that can derail that. Somebody gives him counsel that's outside of the Word of God and tells him, Todd, or Todd, you haven't seen what's out there. There's more than that narrow life your pastor and your parents have insisted you live. There's freedom. And there's happiness out there. Bad counsel. And when he hears that, what all the young people ought to do, if it's contrary to what I've been taught, you stay away from them. The Bible says walk not. Stay away from them. Because what's going to happen is you start listening to that, then you start loitering. And that's why he say, well, the pastor doesn't know anything. I don't have to know everything. All I have to do is watch. And if you're hanging out with those who embrace a sinful lifestyle hangout, I already know you've been listening to somebody that you shouldn't be listening to. It's, easy. it's, not, it's not that hard. So you say, why, 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 are you, why are you illustrating this, Pastor? It's time to go home. Because every child that grows up in the Emmanuel Baptist Church should have their whole life planned out in front of them as far as they're going to serve God with their life. Some of you here sitting here tonight, you didn't have that opportunity. But every child in our nurseries, in the building, sitting in the choir loft, those that are, they should have their whole life, I just discover serving God, I discover that if I, if I stay in scripture, if I discover what's going to mess that up is what is in verse number one. So what must we do? We must guard ourselves. We must guard our children from those in verse number one. We ought to warn against verse number one. I'm sorry, I will never, never apologize. Never apologize for saying there's certain people you should not listen to. I will never apologize for saying there's certain places you shouldn't let your young people go. 
I will never apologize for saying if they're a scorner, doesn't matter if they're, if, if, what their last name is, it doesn't matter what year they graduated from our high school, stay away from them. Why? Because I don't want anything to mess up what they could have and what they could discover. Thank you, you can sit down. There's so much in this, this, this very familiar chapter. What got you away from the joy that you had? What counsel have you been listening to? Didn't come through the television, come through social media, come from the internet, come from the backslidden Christian that you have to work with. Well, I have to work with them. I mean, you have to listen to them. Well, I have to eat lunch by myself. That's not so bad. So, uh, no, it's important. I want, oh, I want the joy. I want to be blessed. And experience the blessings and favor of God. I find that in the commands of God. Christian, church member, parent, whatever category you fall in, all of them. Don't let, don't let this world shame you. You know, well, you're just, you're, you're just, I had an interesting conversation. I was out of town yesterday on the flight back yesterday. And, and uh, you know, I just, oh, you're one of those kind of preachers and pastors. I like it. I like it. I'm happy. And, and I can look back on my life. I know what it's like to have tragedy. I know what it's like to have difficulty. I know what it's like to, to have betray, betrayal. I know what it's like to have all of those things. I can stand here tonight and say, serving God is the greatest life you can live. Doing the will of God is the greatest life you can live. Why is that? Because obeying the, the commands of God, there's a joy that comes with that, that you cannot get anywhere else. Why? Because my Creator and I are at peace. I'm not living outside of the will that He created me for. Doing something different than what I... Oh, I have a sweet relationship with my personal Savior. You can't... You, it's found in the will of God. Christian, it's always in Scripture. The Holy Spirit is never going to lead you outside of Scripture. I need to pray about I don't. There are things, if it's in this, I'll just, I'll just confess to you. There's a lot of Christians that pray about things I don't pray about. Because God's already spoken on it. I don't have to ask him if he meant what he's preserved with the blood of the martyrs. He meant it. And, I, and that's why, that's why if, oh, if, if, if I could have a room full of preachers tonight, I'd tell them, don't ever apologize, don't ever apologize, don't ever apologize. For preaching this book. And preaching for God's people to stay inside the law. Stay inside the scripture. And that's, why, and that's what I want to convince. Yeah, that's what I want our young people to just trust me on this. It's happy. The only reason you're getting dissatisfied with your life is because you're listening to somebody. Who's not satisfied with theirs. If they were so happy with theirs, they wouldn't have to worry about yours. We have, to, we have to stay in, inside the scripture. Joy comes from obeying God.
his favor, his joy, um, we're going to stay inside the scripture. I want you to be blessed. And I'll warn our young people. I know I'm parking here. I just I think it's good to park here once in a while. I'll warn them because I, I, I know a little bit about what's out there. Had the conversations of life's being tried to put back together. It'll take decades. Oh, they're not happy. No matter what they post on Facebook. No matter what they say at the next family reunion, they're not happy. Uh, it's found inside Scripture. So the next time young people, your parents say, why are we doing it? Because this is what the Bible says. There's joy in that. Don't get mad at me. Just because you don't like Taco Bell. Well, that, that, was, that was a side note. But don't, don't get mad at me. Because I stand up here and I'll tell you, you go outside Scripture, you're going to find misery. And you're not going to find joy. You're not going to find happiness. I will never cheer for a child of God to leave the will of God by leaving the things of God. Aren't you so happy for them because they don't know? Because I know where joy comes from. Why well, we stay inside Scripture, Father?